no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch. It's cold, it's wet outside here in Melbourne, unlike the weather in the, across Europe right now. Uh, we wish we were there, don't we, Wilbur? We do, we definitely do. Uh, as, as always, I'm Woodson, across from me, as, as always. Will be. And uh, yeah, uh, we're going to break down what's been a week of wonderful football across Europe. Uh, the Euros are well and truly underway. Uh, we've seen a whole of game week one and half of game week two so far, and we're just going to go th- pretty much go through it and just give you our thoughts on what's happened. It's been it's been great so far. Hasn't yeah, it? it's, it's it's been phenomenal. It's thick and fast, and it's uh, can't get enough of it. Yeah, like you, you have the late game at eleven, you go to bed, you wake up on and after sport, you can watch the morning games a little delayed and mini matches or full matches depending on what you want to do. It's just. It's fantastic. Shout out off to sports sponsor us. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, without further ado, match day one, group A. Yep, so obviously Italy, Wales, Switzerland, Turkey. Um, the, the opener, Italy beating Turkey 3-0. Yeah, it was, it was surprising how uncompetitive Turkey were. Yeah, like, like not us necessarily, but lots of other people had them as a dark horse or a surprise package. Shout yeah. out Max Rezik, he had, had, had him as uh, his surprise package. But yeah, that, like, and a lot of people were like, oh, look, like, myself included, I thought they might do okay initially before I did a little bit of research into, the, like, into their team. Because, like, names jump out at you, Burak Yilmaz, their two centre-backs, Demirel and Soyuncu, uh, Hakan Chalanolu. But then something me and you touched on was, after those four players, and maybe Chengizunda, <laughs> as our cat meows in the distance, um, <laughs> who do they really have? Yeah. And the, the answer is no one, really. I mean, it it is still a strong spine to a team. I think, I think something that they've lacked, if because they played so deep against against Italy, something they lack is some real pace going forward, which you've touched on like before. Um, yeah, I think when you're playing on the break like that, you need it. And Burak Yilmaz might be a good finisher, but when he's had those runs by himself, having to carry the ball, he hasn't really been able to produce as much as as you would have hoped. Yeah, and I also just think like. Good spine, sure, and those two centre backs are great. But I, th- I thought their left and their right backs got exposed against Italy. Like they scored, there was a goal scored from the left and from the right, uh, in like like in both cases in the Italy game. And even with their two centre backs, especially um, in the game which we'll touch on in a second uh, against Wales in match day two, they just look slow, like unathletic like not really up for it it's just mm-hmm. like I don't know maybe like the, 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 like the being at such a large tournament got to them or something but they seem to just be a bit of a loss like yeah they've, they've definitely just been disappointing yeah. I think yeah also like the other thing is like looking at Italy they're definitely one of the better teams of the tournament mm. and Wales in that second game looked really really quite good yeah um, but yeah <laughs> Trying to climb on the table. <laughs> Pepper down. <laughs> the cat is interfering. Um, uh, so yeah, the, the other um, game for that one on match day one was, was Wales-Switzerland. Um, I didn't actually see a heap of this. I've seen the goals, two headers. Yeah, I, I watched most of it. And like for the like Wales, 
it was night and day their match week one game versus their match week two game. They looked like especially players like Bale and Ramsey looked like looked just looked like didn't look disinterested, but just looked like they hadn't quite got going. And you could see game yeah. week two, like maybe they were just not quite up to speed yet. But yeah, it just looked like, like Switzerland dominated the ball for most of it. Had the bet, had the better of the chances, but couldn't finish. Uh, and then Wales, yeah, like credit to Wales, they they stuck at it. And they did score, and they did score a well worked goal. But yeah, that one I think Switzerland, um, especially moving like moving forward, will rue the fact that they couldn't get three points there. Because yeah. if they had got three points there, then the game, their last game against Turkey could have really cemented um, place. But they drew, and then now Wales have won, which means barring um, like all Wales have to do now is just not lose by as much as Switzerland did. Yeah, and they've pretty much got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because their goal difference is way worse now, right? Yeah. So. so, yeah, to conclude the group, we've got Italy on six points with a goal difference of six, already qualified. Uh, Wales, with one game left, uh, on four with a goal difference of plus two. And then this is where it will hurt Switzerland, like you just said. Uh, Switzerland on one point with a goal difference of minus three. And uh, Turkey, really disappointing, Uh Minus five on zero points. No points. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think, obviously, I think something that I wanted to touch on for this group was that, like, just how good Gareth Bale was. And that's like, he missed, he missed that penalty. Um, but before that amazing assist, after that, an incredibly worked assist for the second goal for Wales. I just think, yeah. Just generally speaking, he is such an underrated player. Yeah. It's weird because, like, like he has won so much. He's gone from being. One of like everyone rating him as one of the best players in the world, and even to the point where he almost became overrated when he got transferred to Madrid and didn't hit the ground running straight away. But then, because of just the way that unless you're Ronaldo for a team like Madrid, you're going to fly under the radar. Exactly. He's now like he kind of got somewhat of a forgotten man, and like yeah, he's undoubtedly quality. And I think yeah, him and Ramsey are it's kind of like kind of like with Scotland how they have sort of a Bay's team that isn't amazing but works hard than a couple of good plates quality except those two and especially Bale are oh, even better course, yeah. Than, but yeah I just think yeah um, Wales have got uh, uh, just done things the right I've uh, just set up the right way they've got a really solid base defensively they've got um, yeah uh, Mepham and um, Rodan looked really good against uh, yeah against Turkey yeah and then and then yeah um, they've got Ramsey and Bale uh, attack uh, 10 and uh the wing and Bale pretty much plays right forward most of the game, and like they just pick their moments and they're, yeah, they're looking really good. Dan James too. There's a lot of players on that team who have kind of had tough seasons mm. with their clubs, and they just fucking. You speak about yeah, pace so on the well. counter, like first, like with regards to Turkey being a weakness for yeah. Wales, is a really big strength. Like, but he can't pass the ball into the box at the end of it. Dan, it's James. true, but, but it's true, but just just the fact to be able to, to stretch the field, yeah, like to yeah, exactly. skin a player and commit players towards you. Then even if you can, like, oh, like maybe he needs what, two or three chances to do it, but the one time he gets a good ball in the box, it's a goal, and, and that can be the difference in the game. Yeah, and it, and it makes the, the other team second guess, like their their line, their, their position when they're pushing. Yeah, and it's, a, and, and it's I, I still don't think they'll beat Italy in, in match day three, but it's they'll pose a different problem that Italy hasn't faced against Switzerland or Turkey. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I think I, I want to see Italy actually tested. Yeah, but I think uh, I'm not sure who you predicted. I think we both predicted Wales to finish second, right? I know I did. 
I can't remember. I think I might have picked Turkey. Ah, uh, okay. I think well, I picked Turkey. I, 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 I think I've, I hope I backed Wales. If I didn't, I definitely picked them to finish third. But maybe I, maybe I did pick Turkey. But then Turkey's been a very big disappointment. And Wales, I mean, the British Isles, mate. They're coming. It's great to see. All right, moving on. Uh, Group B, uh, so far, it's Belgium, Russia, Finland, and Denmark. And obviously the story of this group so far is uh, the really tragic thing that's happened to Christian Eriksen. Yeah. And we wish him all the best. Um, Such a... I don't think I've ever seen something like that in a a sports game before. I mean, I still... I like to look for the footage, so I, I didn't see it and I wasn't watching it live, but yeah. it just sounds, sounds yeah, horrible. I, 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 I didn't somewhat heard of anything happening like m- that before. My curiosity came out, uh, sort of overcame my uh, uh, moral compass, if you will, for a second, <laughs> and I did look for the footage and did find it, um, and yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, I didn't see all of it, I just saw the moment where he collapses and it's pretty scary, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, obviously, wishing the best, and I feel like that was really unfortunate because they would have beaten Finland. Like they were yeah, off, easily, miles easily. on top of them. Uh, had way more attempts, dominating the ball. That happens. Then even then, after that, they still win a penalty. They still have plenty of chances. But like the penalty that Hoybjerg took didn't look like his head was in the game. Um, even even the one they conceded, that goal, Michael would save that mm. nine times out of ten. Yeah, and it's and and it definitely begs the question that like, could UEFA have done more to just? play the game the next day, wait for Christian Eriksen to be rumoured as... Oh, mm. not rumoured as... Yeah, because, I mean, finishing that happening, getting yeah. the news and going back out there, it's very... Yeah. It's not really ideal. And I know, like, you, you may displace fans who have, uh, like, tickets to see that game, but, like, I'm pretty sure all the all, all the groups are spaced out again in all these stadiums across Europe that there wasn't going to be another game in that stadium the next day. Yeah, exactly. So it could have easily been managed that they played in that stadium the next day. Yeah. And all, and you just make all the tickets available. So, so I, I, I really feel like this could have been um, a situation that was handled better. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. So with that, uh, they obviously lost. Uh, and Belgium trounced Russia. Yeah, Russia were poor. I mean, that <laughs> I don't understand how Lukaku is not offside. Yeah, again, like, that's, like, I think... Like, because, wait, like, you know, like maybe the defender like almost took possession of the ball. But the other thing is, the reason he was in such a flummox and let the ball spill out behind him is because Lukaku was there. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's affecting the play. I would get it if he, like, like had a, quite a big touch on the ball, like, headed it or sliced it, but, like, he, it, like, he flicks the back of his leg. Yeah. Like, he barely touches it. I thought that was harsh. So but yeah, overall they, they were the better team. Yeah, overall, me and you have agreed that like the officiating has been really good throughout this tournament. But I, that is confusing. That why that isn't. I think, I think like then there was another one that happened in the game we were watching. I think this what morning or yesterday where it happened and a player was was given offside for that. But it was like in a much closer. Uh, it was like a deflection from inside the box. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so it's like, where's the line drawn? Uh, it's, it's confusing. But yeah, either way, um, Belgium trounces Russia 3-0. And then uh, Russia goes on to beat Finland in what was a pretty lackluster game, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, stayed up. Good goal, though. Re- really nice goal. Really like, nice finish. Cut inside, put it in the top top left-hand corner. Yeah, one really moment of, of, of quality in what was a game I regretted uh, staying up for. <laughs> Uh, and then don't regret any game you watch <laughs> uh, and then yeah obviously Belgium uh, beat Denmark a, a very riled up and ready to go Denmark 
this morning. And if they didn't have De Bruyne, I don't know if they're going to win that game. Yeah, that was the, the impact that he had when he came on. Like the composure to sit those two players down for the assist and that finish is just, yeah. just crazy. And, and like with him hopefully back now uh, for 90 minutes after 90 minutes, they could now be looking like the favourites or one of the favourites that everyone looked uh, thought they were with. They've got like I think that the thing about their midfield, apart from De Bruyne, is that like they're players that you know maybe aren't like really really world class, but they've got depth of like re- like yeah. good players. Yeah, like they've got Trossard on the bench, a, a bunch of other ones that can do a really good job, and then a good def- a good defense and like world class going forward. Yeah, and like uh, something that me and you uh, touching on that point about like players on the bench that like we noted that the. The build-up for De Bruyne's goal was Lukaku to Hazard to Hazard to De Bruyne, and that's yeah. Eden Hazard who's coming off the bench for them. And like, say what you will about his season this year, it's still Eden Hazard. Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah, uh, exci- and, you, and you can potentially be a bit more free in a tournament like this. You know, he doesn't have the pressures of playing at Real Madrid and stuff. He's yeah. playing with again in a really good team where he can shine, and yeah, the team can go far. So yeah, Belgium look hot. Uh, and I, I, that and like the funny thing is. Denmark's last game is against Russia and Belgium's last game is against Finland and De- uh, but Belgium already qualified um or not no not yeah already qualified 6 points plus 4 goal difference. Russia is on is on uh, is on is in second on 3 points with a negative 2 goal difference and Finland is on oh actually that doesn't work. But the way it's set up in front of me is that Russia's in front of Finland but I think it that, I don't know why but uh, maybe it's cuz Russia beat Finland that's why it's not on goal difference it's head to head. Oh okay. So Potentially Denmark, if they beat Russia, can still finish ahead of if, yeah, if Finland lose, because yeah, then it would be on goal difference now, maybe. Yeah. So like Denmark's not all not 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 down and out, and I definitely do think they can beat Russia based on how they played against Belgium uh, this morning. Yeah, R- Russia haven't shown a great deal. Um, yeah, especially going forward, I think a, a lot's spoken about that that really tall Juba, Juba and yeah. Golovin and Miranchuk, but yeah, and Miranchuk's finish for, for was me. Nice, Juba but... just looks slow and old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure, he's big, but if your team's not dominating the ball, again, it's very hard if you don't have that pace going yeah. forward. Uh, so, still so, yeah. still to play for in uh, Group B. That will be interesting, because, yeah, it looks like Denmark still can still can go through. Anyway, um, Group C. Um, Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. I reckon still, maybe the, still the game of the tournament at the moment, Netherlands, Ukraine on, on the first game day, 3-2. That was awesome. Backed up by the second game of the tournament, uh, Ukraine versus North Macedonia last night. Oh, yeah, that was awesome too. <laughs> uh, I do think uh, your prediction for uh, Dark Horse to qualify North Macedonia might not come Did, true. Didn't quite pay off, no. But like, that, thanks, that's thanks not for the want of trying, trying, though. I thought, I thought they have, they've looked better than I thought they would look. Mm, yeah, well, they... Yeah, just go over it. They yeah, lost 3-1 to Austria. Maybe a little bit harsh, but like... Austria were the better team. Yeah. They deserved to win. And then they, they were a bit harsh, again, to lose to Ukraine. But I think, again, Ukraine was slightly the better team. The, but they can be very proud of, of, of yeah. what they of And they, they did achieved. come they did come close against... Like, they had the penalty chance to score and a few other things, uh, yeah. chances. So, like, they definitely came close against Ukraine. And they can hold their heads high for sure. Mm. A few a, a few of the players on, on the Ukrainian team have surprised me. That, um, that striker... I've forgotten. Yerem, Yerem Chuk. Yerem, yeah, yeah. Yerem Chuk and Malinovsky. 
They've got some. They've got some really class players. And also, like uh, we've talked about him before, but just the fact that Zinchenko playing at center mid. Yeah, like, I love we put him at that. left back in our combined eleven team, but like he is just tearing it up for them in the middle of the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's there's better players at Man City to play that position, but he looks really good. He there. looks really good. I also um, love seeing Shevchenko on, on the touch. Though. Yeah, it's, it just brings back a lot of fun memories. And the one thing I will say is I thought Austria were going to be pretty lackluster based on, like, I know it was only friendly, but based on their qualifying and also how they played against England. Against England, yeah. But they've been, that, that credit to them, they, they pushed, they pushed um, the Netherlands and they beat Macedonia and they're probably probably looking like they're gonna like like it's, it'll be between them and Ukraine and that game on match day three will be really interesting to see who qualifies. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think Netherlands already qualified, uh, looking pretty strong. Uh, got I Den- love I love that team. I love Denzel yeah. Denzel Dumfries. He's, yeah, linked with Everton. Awesome. <laughs> uh, they got they had Delict back uh, this morning. Uh, yeah, so that team. Their, their young defender who, play, who played in the first game um, Julian Timber as well was really good oh really good he was 19 at the time he oh, just really? turned 20 today but he looks really sharp in that first game yeah too. and obviously one Allen in the middle quality uh, yeah so I think they'll they'll after not even making it out of the group stage I think in the Russia World Cup to now looking like they could be. They could actually, you know, make a fairly long run into the knockout uh, rounds. Then, yeah, yeah they, they look. They look like they look the business. Another player who from that group has surprised me is um, obviously a big name, but surprisingly good is um, Memphis Depay. Yeah, like I've, I suppose all I've seen of him play is maybe one game in the Champions League for for Leon, and then before that Manchester United, and it was very disappointing in Manchester United, but. He looks like he's honed it quite a bit. And he looks yeah, I feel like his awesome. his, his career has definitely had a somewhat of a resurgence since going to, yeah. to Leon. But yeah, uh, that like also another player for that t- uh, team that the big guy they've got up front, Venkost, or whatever yeah. his name is. He's he's like a mobile target man, and just like yeah, he like he gets about, and I, I like the look of him. He created a lot today as well. They, yeah. they, they probably could have had one or two more goals this morning um, yeah. from his assist. But yeah, uh, Austria versus Ukraine game week three. That that's going. That looks like it's going to be a cracker because the winner qualifies. So. Oh yeah, true. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Who so, do you, who have you got winning that? Uh, I have got the Ukraine. I reckon. I'm going for Ukraine. I yeah. Don't want to qualify. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, because obviously oh, another notable thing: uh, Marko Anatovic being banned for the game they played this morning uh, against yeah, the allegedly saying some pretty. Real, we're not going to repeat it, but some really not nice stuff. And he's a bit of a tosser anyway, so <laughs> it's pretty difficult to like. The less said about him, the better. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, moving on. Group D, uh, the uh, yeah, the our boys, yeah, yeah, the big group. Uh, obviously, England was like I would I would use the word resounding win against Croatia. It was only one nil, but maybe not resi- like, maybe not resounding. Convincing. Yeah, it was convincing. Convincing. Yeah, it was kind of like. We'll get on to it in a bit, but they they sort of did what they needed to do in yeah. a similar way that France did against Germany. Um, Croatia, they were a better team than Croatia. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, like uh, Gary Neville included, like we've touched on off air, sort of giving Croatia too much credit before a ball had even been kicked. Like mm-hmm. they were the team that went to the World Cup final three years ago. And like three years is a long time between tournaments, and they got decimated in the Nations League. Yeah. So I think it's something you said off air about not having that that focal point up front is something that 
would disrupt England's defence. And whenever Croatia went forward, it broke down because they just didn't have something. Yeah, and they we just intercepted... We just either stopped players dribbling into the box or intercepted low passes into the box. We didn't have to deal with many crosses because they had no one to head them. Yeah. But yeah, some, some really... Real highlights for England in Calvin Phillips. Tyrone Minx's performance in Harry Maguire's absence. It was really it good. Was, it was great. It was great. And, uh, player, and a player, player who we've both had a bit of harsh words for, Sterling, really stepped up to the plate. Uh, shout out friend of the show, Manas. He, he, said, he said we should have had uh, Sterling in our, combined, uh, in our uh, England 11s when we posted them. And, uh, and he was right. And he was right. <laughs> Yeah, enough. Fair shout, fair shout. Yeah, it, it it was good to see him score because Gareth is going to use him. Yeah, and for him to get a little bit of confidence, it's it's definitely what he like, needs after a really hard end to the season. Yeah, and I also feel like his defensive work rate as well was something that was really good to see. Like he was yeah. constantly tracking back. We're like I think you mentioned that he um, he was winning the ball like on the edge of our own eighteen yard box. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was really which was something that to see. we didn't see Foden do on the other side. Yeah, I thought Foden. Looked good first 20 minutes, really nice touches, and like that sort of like really gleaming like offensive game that he, you know, he has. But like he sort of in the nuts and bolts of the game between minute 30 and minute 60, he kind of faded out of the game because he hasn't quite developed that like steely defensive work rate yet. Yeah. Which I think he'll get in time, especially playing for a team, a team like Man City where they're told to press all the time. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, I would like in our next game against Scotland to see Grealish come in for him probably. Uh, I feel like he just he, he needs to play at some point. You need to give him legs in a tournament so he can be. If you're not going to start him in games in the knockout rounds, he can be at least a good uh, thing off the bench. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, like you say, Foden was really good at the start. So I think maybe this tournament he's going to be better as an impact player off the bench. Yeah, and, and also I feel and like Grealish deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like Foden's offensive game against tired legs would be even more effective than yeah. it would be from the start. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Czech Republic versus Scotland, in where we saw possibly the best goal of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, which kind of overshadowed um, what was, I all, all things considered, quite a, like a game that Scotland dominated the majority of, mm-hmm. if, if, if we're being honest here. Like, I think, yeah, they just, they just didn't take their chances, and Czech Republic did. Yeah. And like, 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 there, there wasn't too much separating the teams I think yeah I think I said just uh, just after the game it was a bit naive from Scotland just like a team that hasn't had a lot of two, uh, tournament experience just didn't had a lot of chances for their way didn't have the composure to finish them whereas Czech Republic sat back soaked it up and then I mean the first goal is well worked and the second goal you can't really defend or account for that yeah, but like scored goal, scored two goals and then just soaked up the pressure yeah because I, I remember hearing something on about that second goal for for Czech Republic that Sheik scored. Like the keeper doesn't need to be any further back, and the guy who just took the shot—I forget his name—but for Scotland that led Andrew. to the rebound. Yeah, yeah, he he had taken a shot just before they hit the bar from a similar area. So yeah. it's not like we're telling, we're saying he shouldn't be shooting either. Oh it's man, just, I mean, he was a quite. He was a distant, deeper. He was yeah. deeper, but he literally just hit the bar with a shot. Yeah. Like it's all right. I don't know. It's yeah. just it's just something that you can't. Yeah. The second yeah the second goal is harsh. At the end of the day, it's just like nine times out of ten, a player is not scoring from that. I don't care. Like if you Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne is probably if he if he had that, if he had three tries at that, with the keeper closing down the angle, would like would struggle to score. You know. Yeah. Like it's just he just one of those things. I think I'd just, maybe get a one in 
200. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be even struggling for that, to be honest. But yeah, I do think Scotland's still got stuff to play for, although I do think it'll be tough if... Uh, actually, no, if Croatia beat the Czech Republic in match in match week two, uh, then they've got... And then they, they have to have everything to play for against Croatia in the last game, but I do think it's going to be hard for them to qualify now. Yeah. Yeah. It's having me considering who's going to get that those extra third place spots, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to finish top two. Yeah, unless they unless they draw with us, or I mean, they could beat us, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be. I also think uh, as not so great as Croatia was against uh, us, I think they will bounce back against the Czech Republic, like, and they'll still qualify. I think so. Yeah, they're, they're, like Czech Republic took two well worked goals, but. Croatia are a better team than Scotland and will exploit. They like Scotland got through and should have finished their chances. Croatia will finish some of those chances that if they get the same amount of chances that Scotland got. Yeah. But anyway, uh, moving on. Um, yeah. So the next one: Slovakia, Spain, Sweden, Poland. Oh, the, the big one. It was actually a really entertaining nil or was the um, Spain versus Sweden game. Yeah. And the big talking point from that was. Luis Enrique's choice to start Morata over Gerard Moreno, which was the wrong choice in in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. and Alvaro Morata, a player we've talked about before, and we've noted that he's a player that is real is one of the best in the world at like forging opportunities for himself. Like he his his uh, spatial awareness is really good. His movements really good to get into positions where he can score. Yeah. But he, time and time again, his finishing just lets him down. Like I think I, I think. Yeah, so he's if he if there was a stat for like the goals he would be expected to score like xg, it would be super high. But yeah, he just doesn't finish them. Yeah, it was yeah, it was very disappointing for for Spanish fans. I think it's hard to say that it was a good defensive performance for Sweden either. Yeah, because like when you concede that many chances, what was it seventeen? Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't yeah. mean you've. Doesn't mean you defend it well. It just means you sit on the top of your to your box and you keep ahead of blinder. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that that stat from this game that Spain completed eight hundred and fifty two passes to Sweden's one hundred. Sorry, yeah, to Sweden's one hundred. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. Uh, also, one thing of note though for Sweden, uh, Rezik did call this uh, uh, yeah. last week. He said Alexander Isak would uh, play really well, and he did. And I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he nabs a couple goals before this group stage is finished. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. They obviously play Slovakia in in the game tonight, and that's going to be a really interesting game. Yeah. Also, um, oh yeah, on Slovakia's first game, a one man centre back show. Yeah, I was yeah I was, yeah, was going to say the same thing. Skriniar, incredible. Like yeah. just like glued that defence together by himself. Uh, just winning so many aerial battles, marshalling uh, the line up and down, and then he scores the winner on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, like... It was awesome. Although, one thing I will say, that Poland are really disappointing. Like, yeah. Lewandowski as well. Like, I expected a, a lot more from him. Yeah. Being, the, like, the best striker in the world, arguably, at the moment, and a Ballon d'Or favourite and captain of his nation. He wasn't good. Against a team that, you know, against a defence in, in particular... Yeah, um, that you you know you probably could exploit. Yeah, like with the exception of Skriniar's good, and clearly he's good enough to you know unite a whole defense. But he's one player, like, yeah. and you're supposed to be he's a Ballon d'Or favorite, exactly striker. Like he's fourth. a better striker than he's considered a defender. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was disappointed by Poland. Uh, I would like I I I'd hope they're gonna about like at least 
put up a better fight against Spain. I mean, and with Spain's finishing, you, you never know. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I have a hard time seeing them beating Spain. I think if Moreno starts, though, he... He was. He also got into three positions when he came on. Yeah. For Morada. It's whether or not Luis Enrique makes that decision and starts him. I think he. I think he has. He to. has to. He but, has to yeah. because the Spanish media and fans will will lose it. Um, yeah. They've already lost it, but. Um, yeah. Another. Yeah. I just. I love Pedri. <laughs> he he was awesome. It was so good. And the other thing that w- was worth noting from that um, Poland Slovakia game was the solo goal. The first one for Slovakia. Oh yeah, Meg the player Crazy. Ran inside, yeah. scored. It's unlucky that it's counted as an own goal off Chesney because um. Was it? Yeah, because it bounces off the post and hits Chesney and then bounces in. That's. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I know it sucks because he he did it all, but yeah, that's one of those ones that hit. Yeah. Yeah, but like yeah, that was a really good goal. He he completely mugs off the Polish defender there. Yeah. So so currently, um, Slovakia top with three points, Spain and Sweden. Um, one point each, zero goal difference, and Poland zero with negative one goal yeah. difference. So I think Spain's still going to qualify because they look, I, they I think good without scoring. Yeah, but I do think this will be a group that has one of the third teams qualify. Yeah, it's true. very it's it's a lot even more even than I thought it would be. Yeah, and finally to round us off, it seems fitting that we finish with the group of death. Yes, um, we'll start with the game that wasn't the main event. Uh, so obviously Portugal beat Hungary three uh, 0 Created chances that probably should have a couple of them should have been put away before the 80th minute, like that one that fell to Ronaldo in the six yard box. But didn't oh, yeah. like, for a team that's for a very average Hungary team that's missing the one player that would make them a lot better through injury in Dominic Szoboszlai. They didn't really like impressed me a whole lot over yeah. the first 70-80 minutes but then like any good team they got it done in yeah. quite convincing fashion in the end yeah ex- exactly it's like if you take the the last 10 minutes of the game off it was very disappointing for Portugal but in some it was a good performance mm. and yeah you, know, you run out of superlatives for Ronaldo but he's just incredible yeah. like and like yeah. People make like I, I I don't really like this argument like Penaldo because have like have you like everyone's seen the guy take a penalty he never misses yeah he's missed maybe one or two in like ten years like, yeah which is impressive because everyone you look at a penalty and think it's easy but yeah and like it's not just the way he scores them like he's convincing like he doesn't like, do any of this like stupid little stutter step stuff or like try and give a keeper the eyes and then go the other way he just walks up to the uh, plate and goes I'm gonna put this somewhere where you can't get it. And yeah. he just does that. He used to do a bit of a stutter. He, he did. He like started the stutter. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then, yeah. Since he since he's moved to Madrid, he's just been like, "This yeah. is how I take penalties now, and there's nothing you can do to stop it." Yeah, that's right. Because he missed that one in the 2008 Champions League final with the stutter. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the other the cool thing was the the um, full capacity crowd uh, crowd in uh, Budapest. Yeah. yeah, and then we saw that again in uh, Copenhagen this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Really good to see, and I, I can't wait for when the government restrictions, especially in England, allow more fans, yeah. so we can get that sort of atmosphere because it's, it's it's electric, like yeah. it's incredible. And the the, the um, atmosphere at Wembley was I don't know, a bit strange. Yeah, one thing I will say about the Portugal team is, um, and as good as Ronaldo is, I do I I, I feel like and I'm not going to get into like a Ronaldo Messi debate, uh, but like a lot of people say that like. Messi's team always lets him down 
Uh, and I, I feel like almost the opposite is for Portugal. Like, Portugal is full of players that like often when Ronaldo needs them to step up to the plate like Rafa Silva came on mm, and yeah. really like did amazingly Ronaldo Sanchez as well uh, Diogo Jota constantly creating chances Guerrero scoring a goal as well to open up things like they have a bunch of players like, like Argentina do as well and this is another talk for another day like, but like Argentina especially in the World Cup in 2014 had a bunch, like, on paper a good team but they just didn't deliver but like Portugal have a bunch of good players but actually if Ronaldo has a little because he's 36 he's not going to be going 100 miles an hour for 30 for 90 minutes if Ronaldo Ronaldo picks his moments and the rest of the time his team that whole team steps up and it's why I also think that when Ronaldo retires Portugal will be set up quite well to do to to do well without him yeah I think so like Bruno Fernandes you've seen him be that that main man for United and I'm I'm sure he could do it for Portugal too Diego Jota, incredible. Yeah, um, he's another player who just gets in so many positions. He's, yeah. Although he should have passed Ronaldo in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be in Ronaldo's good books if no. he keeps doing that. Uh, but yeah, to finally to wrap up uh, the the. This is an death, interesting one. The France versus Germany. Like we've talked at length about this with our housemate Fabian uh, <laughs> last night, or maybe it was, maybe it was the night before, but. Um, so we've got slightly different opinions. Do you want to start off with yours? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they just played France. It is that they they played within themselves. They did enough, and for me, they're they're the most dangerous team at, at the tournament by far. They've also like they've and they've shown it in this game, not necessarily through a dominant performance, but against a performance where they just did everything they needed to do against a team that is quite good in Germany. Certainly lacking a focal point, but. It's 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 a like a world class team of players, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, but the one point I won't disagree with is they're definitely the most dangerous team in the, in the tournament, like without a doubt. Only thing I will say is, and Germany are a very good team. Don't get me wrong, but I thought Germany underperformed in that game. Like they could have played better in terms of like their finishing. That like, like Nabry for Bayern's put volleys like that away many times. Mm. They they also not necessarily the amount of shots they have. The amount of times they got into the box was a little worrying for me. If I'm if I'm France, um, but I feel like France were, were like knew, did what they had to do and were good enough. They just I I, I maybe it's, maybe it's just I hold them like in these very lofty standard I just I expect them to like wow me a bit more yeah and like maybe they'll take a game or two to warm up but like I didn't watch France and I, and I was like that's a, that's a like I'm putting a marker down to be like we're here to play like everybody watch yeah, it, out it, it wasn't that sort of performance but I suppose in the style of it it wasn't a it, it wasn't that sort of performance, but when you look at what they did against that Germany team, I think it. I think it kind of is like Italy have won two games three nil now, right? Like, you know, th- that's the style of performance that makes you say, "Oh wow!" Like they're here and they're putting the marker down. But I think France did it, but just in a slightly different way. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think I think it's like yeah, like for me and you, it's this is sort of where we differ. And this is and this is just like personal yeah. preference, I guess. Uh, and like both are good performances. Like it's a good defensive counter-attacking performance when you have players like Mbappe yeah. and Griezmann and Dembele off the bench that you're able to do that. But I all, I just feel like France is a good enough team, and they are the best team in the world. Even though for some reason Belgium's ranked the number one team in the world, which makes no sense. But um, 
France are the best team in the world for a reason, and they should be able to do what Germany did for large parts of that game, which was just hold the ball in a team's half mm-hmm. and just wave after wave after wave of attack. And maybe they didn't want to do that, like because maybe it's like, they're saving themselves. But like, I just feel like France is good enough to do that, and I would like to see them do that. But that's it's it's also the way Germany played. They like to have a lot of the ball. So like they had they had a lot of the ball without you know, like they got into the box and had a few opportunities, but they didn't do that much with it. Really? Yeah, they did, and, and I I would like to see more from Germany, especially. Uh, I'm not sure if they do they play Portugal next, or is Think... it? Yes, they do. Yeah, Portugal, Germany. See that that's going to be a very interesting game because I do think it's tomorrow. Oh no, tomorrow two. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday two a.m. But yeah, that one uh, that one's going to be very interesting because I do feel like they need to uh, step up to beat Portugal, but I also do think it's it's, it's they've got it in them. It's going to be a super interesting game. Super interesting game. Interesting game. Super I also feel like the France could very all of it. Like, like despite them only winning one 0 and playing within themselves against Germany, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they slap Hungary like six 0 Yeah, <laughs> I think. I think again, it, it it could be a performance like Italy have had, where they but they're allowed to get. Well, they have the opportunity to get more of these players with with the skill that they have on the ball. Yeah, and when they get that. And Hungary start waning towards the end of the game. The same thing that will happen will happen. That's happened <laughs> with Italy. <laughs> with Italy, where they, the other team just kind of opens up holes, and Italy exploited them. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, uh, to happened, to, happened. to to conclude, uh, Portugal and France both on three points, although Portugal is ahead on goal difference. Uh, and then Germany on minus one, zero points. Uh, Hungary on minus three. Uh, this is again probably a group where the third place team will go through yeah. just because uh, Hungary without shoppers like will get whipped um, yeah yeah. I feel like it's going to be a bit, a bit, a bit they, they, they had a decent chance with him to maybe nab a point or three but without him they're going to struggle yeah yeah agreed uh, finally to wrap up just a little bit uh, so that's our that's that's all the Euro content we've got until next week but finally to wrap up uh, notable piece of uh, a few notable pieces of transfer news uh, firstly, being Sergio Ramos has, oh, yeah, has, right. is, has hasn't has decided, I guess, like sort of partly decided to leave Madrid, but also it's come out that he said that the offer to him was rescinded in the middle of negotiations. Yeah, so there was yeah. an offer on the table for one year. He said he wanted two before that, and instead of negotiating, Real Madrid just said, "Okay, well then, no offer." So yeah. now he's leaving, which is a bit of a sad way to end for a sixteen-year legend of the club but that's no real surprise in Real Madrid's management no um, but yeah potential landing spots Wilbur well yeah we've, we've heard the rumours that uh, he's going to be standing next to Harry Maguire yeah. at Old Trafford that would be I would such an interesting it. such an such, just such an interesting two people next to each other they could be able to talk to each other <laughs> not so, because of their yeah, not sorry, because I don't, of the I don't speak either. Spanish <laughs> it's because they just seem so different yeah they do but I, I, as much as like um as I said to Wilbur, uh, I, I don't want to see United do that well. I do think uh, it would be really interesting to have him in the Premier League. Yeah. I don't really feel like he would go anywhere else. Uh, yeah, that does the, seem like the place. If he's going to come to the Premier League, it's going to be going to Manchester United. Uh, I've also... Where's, yeah, what was the other place? It was Sevilla? Or Sevilla as well. Yeah. Off, apparently, rumoured offered him a five-year contract for seven million a year, which just seems ridiculous. Hmm. It's a waste of money for the last three years. 
and but and he he is someone who uh, he's, he's class and he can help younger players develop. And true, he probably could be a good manager as well. True, or at least like a Wayne Rooney type player yeah. coach thing. Yeah, uh, and, and there's also been rumors potentially PSG could be interested in Foreman, which could move one of their other centre backs somewhere. True, because Marquinhos if, has been linked away, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that if they're in like a win now mode and like Marquinhos's contract is a bit too big or he's got bigger money offers from somewhere else, like that's an uh, avenue they could take. Mm. Uh, also, notable Premier League news: um, Aston Villa are making moves. Uh, they've already signed Wendia and they've just signed Ashley Young. Oh really? Yeah, actually, yeah. This morning, yeah, he's come back. That's after, after that's ten years. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, one thing I will say though is that like they're I don't want to say they're getting too big for their boots, but I thought it was a little disrespectful their twenty five million offer for Emil Smith Rowe. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? It's, no, it's not enough money. Uh, and also, yeah, apparently the um, Arsenal are being linked with James Madison, and this is. Uh, potentially a poison chalice if we go for it I feel 60, 60 plus million for a player who isn't coming off he's probably coming off his worst season since moving to Leicester and also his most injury prone season since coming to Leicester hmm. could be a really big waste of money I don't know I still think he's got plenty of good seasons ahead of him James Madison yeah. it's just whether the injury record is what worries me the most yeah. it's also whether you, you I suppose neither because I suppose Smithrow is a little bit young to be doing it week in week out in the Premier League at this point and is James Madison at a point where, where he can do it week in week out or is if, if, he's, if his body can hold up then yeah because he's about to turn 25 yeah. like that's when you hit your prime as a midfielder yeah so yeah I don't know. It'd and, be, I'd, I'd kind of like to see it, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, the search for Everton, Everton's manager continues, Wilbur? Um, yeah, it's it's still going. Apparently, we, yeah, we, we, we're signing players without a manager. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's due to the, the new um, director of football um, that's just been appointed. Marcel Brand? Marcel Brands, yeah. Brands, yeah. yeah. So. Um, but because, yeah, we definitely needed that because we've had so many different managers bring in a bunch of essentially random at this point <laughs> signing so it's good to have someone that's um, spearheading it yeah it's um, left I, you with... I really hope we get uh, we've been linked with Denzel Dumfries so I really hope we get him yeah and I think it's left you with somewhat of a, like a jigsaw puzzle type squad which will be hard for any manager to step into exactly exactly but um, yeah it, it looks like Nuno is um, still the front runner um, despite all the talk of Rafa Benitez linked with Rafa which no one no Everton fan seems that interested in after he called us a small club. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like like Arsenal. I mean, not the. It's like, kind of like if Arsenal fans are rumored to be linked with, um, like Jose Mourinho or something. Yeah. Like we wouldn't want that. No. No way. No, that that's pretty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that should probably wrap us up for this week. Uh, we'll be covering. We'll probably be halfway through match week three of the group stage by the time we do this next week. Uh, and yeah plenty of hot games coming over the next few days uh, my England retro England jerseys just came in the mail about an hour before recording this so me and Wilbur have both got ours now we'll post a pic on the Instagram for you guys to to see yeah um, if, if you want to <laughs> <laughs> hey drop hey you know, it's, it's content yeah true <laughs> but yeah as always um, follow us on and like us on Spotify if you like what you hear uh, the 40 yard switch and follow us on Instagram the 40 yard underscore switch for more of the same stuff (laughs) (laughs) and uh, go England